plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. Welcome into the lock. Welcome into the Locked On Steelers podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Adam Crowley from SNR, ESPN Pittsburgh, and the Steelers radio network team. Today on the program, got a very special treat for you. It's my friend Chris Adamski of the Tribune Review. And Chris, Steelers and Browns doesn't have quite the same ring as Steelers and Bengals or Steelers and Ravens, but this is, at this point, the most important game in the season. You lose this one, it's probably all over for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, it's Cleveland week, which doesn't seem to have the same cachet as Baltimore week or even Cincinnati week, but uh, maybe for our fathers and grandfathers it did. I don't know. Yeah, you ready to drive home in the snow on Sunday night? Yeah, you know, it's crazy that uh, Wednesday and Thursday forecast for Cleveland was 70 or is 70 and 72 degrees, and then you go, or even Friday I think it is, and then you get to Sunday, that's it, Thursday, Friday, and you get to Sunday and we see snow. I, I just It's almost like it's a movie set in Cleveland when the Browns play, and it has to be dreary and sort of – it's going to rain. Like, there's nothing worse than a cold rain. You know oh. what I mean? Like, a blizzard you can deal with. Yep. When you got 35 degrees and it's raining, that is the, the definition of miserable. Yeah, it's pretty- awful. It's like a giant bubble over Cleveland where, you know, you walk outside the bubble and everything's okay. You walk in and it's terrible. And you thought for a brief moment that they'd have the – NBA championship and the MLB championship, and then things really worked out the way they're supposed to with Cleveland blowing the lead there. It's like a giant snow globe of sadness. And look, the Browns are 0-10, but I think that they provide a test for the Steelers because I think everyone at this point on the road provides a test for the Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger said today he's going to play with the glove on his right hand. I know beating Cleveland is important for a bunch of different reasons, Chris, but I think the most important reason why it's important is because the Steelers just need to remember what it's like to win a football game because it's been, what, five weeks? Yeah, when you get over a month between wins, uh, that, that, that's not good. Uh, we're going back now to October 9th uh, since the, the most recent win, and, and you're right. I mean, there, there's four-game losing streaks, and you know, from four to five, if you get to five, fall two games under 500, and most importantly, lose to an 0-10 football team, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, sort of discord, uh, you know, these last few days in terms of the talk of accountability and, and, and those sort of things since the end of the, the, the Cowboys loss. And, and if you saw my email inbox, the, the types of things. But, uh, yeah, uh, there's no more justifying. There's no more. Uh, you're definitely in full-blown, you know, whatever you want to call it, panic mode, meltdown mode of lose a game to the Browns. That's for sure. Should the Steelers be in full-blown panic meltdown mode now with the loss of Cam Hayward for the season? Uh, you know, it's, you, you go back and look at uh, where sort of when the, you know, the defense sort of showed its first cracks at, at, at falling apart, and, and you look at the games that he missed, the 200-yard uh, rushing games against. Uh, you know, I, you know as I've, I've brought this up a few times. I think the last time we talked was the bye week, and then you asked me who was having a good season, and I've brought this up to many people. We've talked about it because it was a fascinating question to me. I put it on Twitter uh, that I couldn't think of an answer. And, uh, you know, in other words, I don't think Cam Hayward has had this fabulous type season, um, but at the same time, uh, um, 
you know, I want to know what happened to Ricardo Matthews. Uh, uh, it's yeah. very camp. I don't know. Were our eyes deceiving us? My crate, first I thought it was just me. I thought he had a great camp and looked like, wow, look at this big upgrade from Cam Thomas, an upgrade from the other backups they have. And I, <laughs> I don't know what's happened once the regular season started, but th- that might be the most alarming part is whether it's Matthews or LT Walton, uh, you know, an inexperienced guy or Chad Lyons, if he gets it. You know, I, I don't know what they have to uh, as a supplement, uh, as, as a replacement. Yeah, I think that it could be maybe a lack of playing time. If those guys get into a rhythm, maybe that can help. Hey, that's a little bit of a stretch there for sure. Look, Stefan Tuitt's a really good football player, but he's not the same guy when Cam Hayward's not there either. So I think this is a big loss for the Steelers' defense with him being out for the season. I think that the two things, Chris, that the Steelers most need to improve on to make the playoffs and make a run in the playoffs this year are Stopping the run defensively, which obviously takes a huge hit without Cam Hayward, and then running the ball offensively. We haven't seen them be able to do it with much success as of late. I think those two areas in the trenches really need to be improved upon. And, you know, I think the running game to a point, and, and this might be a bit of a stretch here, but follow me, the the lack of the number two receiver, and part of that's been injury. All four of the guys have been hurt. Uh, everybody's been hurt this year. That's, that's kind of auditioned for the job or should have had the job. I mean, you go back to the the winner whenever Martavis Ryan was a two receiver, he gets suspended. Now, he wasn't hurt, I know, but DHB's been hurt. Marcus Wheaton has this chronic shoulder thing going on. Uh, of course, Sammy Coach in his hand. Uh, Eli Rogers missed uh, what, two or three games there. Uh, three games, if you count the game, he wasn't hurt for uh, so that's been part of it, the continuity, the, the lack of somebody stepping up, the lack of, you know, let's face it, mostly pedigree, I, I guess. And we'll see if Eli Rogers becomes a, uh, he has a chance, I think, to become a very good NFL rod receiver. But, but so when you have that, I think that that's led to, and I know, hey, Le'Veon Bell, for being a running back, he's a very, very good wide receiver. Um, but you're, you're sort of, I, I think it's a, it's a point where you're, you're diminishing yourself in the running game because you're putting them out wide so often. And, and I know they're mostly passing down, but that's taking away some of his carry, some of his touches out of the backfield where maybe he gets some of that yards and you put him a receiver when he might be your best option to receiver. And if you had, you know, Mark Davis Bryant and a healthy Sammy Coates and, and you know, a healthy Eli Rogers all season long and, and you know, and, and healthy Ladarius Green all season long, you're not tempted to put Le'Veon Bell out of wideout because you have all these other fast catchers. And I think that that's having an indirect adverse effect on the running game too. Yeah, I think so. There's no question about it. Uh, what do you think the Steelers' struggles on the road can be attributed to? I know it's popcorn, as Mike Tomlin would say. It seems like there's a different thing every week. But if the Steelers are going to make the playoffs, if they're going to win the division, a lot of that work's going to have to be done on the road starting this week in Cleveland. Yeah, we're going to talk about a stretch here of road games. For sure, you know, I, <laughs> I, I've tried to look at it and, and say, you know, is there are there tangible reasons for it? I mean, Roethlisberger, Ben keeps talking about the – you know the, the cadence, and and we you know the B, you know BJ Finney and his, his head bob, and and all of that, and, and yes, uh, but hey, you know it's not as if the uh, <laughs> the crowd noise has been a factor his entire career. That you know the the course of Steelers franchise history and across the league, and yes, teams are generally better at home than on the road. Uh, but but this offense is, is really the, the head scratcher, and I did crunch some more of the numbers even today, looking at the, just if you take the Steelers' numbers just at home. They would be third in the league in yards and fourth in points. If you took the Steelers' numbers just on the road, they'd be third worst in the league in yards and fourth worst wow. in the league in points. Um, so it, it, it kind of shows how dramatic. I mean, this isn't just your, you know, a little drop off and you know teams aren't as good on the road. It's it's striking. And and remember, one of those 
um, of home games with Landry Jones starting. So, uh, you know, we don't take anything away from Landry Jones, but you have to figure out those numbers would drop there a little bit too if, if Ben would have been playing. And, and the road numbers actually count that the, the opening game against Washington. If you throw that game out, they're even worse. I mean, they're the worst offense in the league if you take these last three road games. That's a small sample size, but and, and played out over the whole season. And, and you know, they were – I, the first three quarters in Baltimore were about as ugly as you'll see an NFL offense perform. I don't care if it's, you know, pick your, you know, Cleveland, pick Jacksonville, whatever team you want to uh, uh, point as your punchline. Uh, you know, you don't see two first downs through three quarters very often, no matter what team you you are or what defense you're facing. And you know, similarly against Philadelphia, there really wasn't much going there uh, other than a few isolated drives. And it's you know, it ain't by accident. Let's put it that way. That's on the road. This isn't just a you know, quirky events or, or you know, a bad series here or there or turnovers, but whatever it is, the offense has not been good on the road. And I wish I had the answer. I'm sure Ben wishes he had the answer. Tomlin wishes he had the answer. Uh, Todd Haley. Um, I don't think they know exactly why. I don't know exactly why. But whatever it is, it, you're right. If it doesn't get fixed, uh, this season's going to go from bad to worse. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, let's flip the script to the defensive side here, uh, Chris where they were very good against Baltimore. They were bringing some pressure, and it was getting home. And I thought that they were better in that regard against Dallas as well. And look, Dallas is a really good offense, and in particular one of the best offensive lines I think a lot of people have ever seen. Uh, do you think that the defense has an ability to continue to improve? It looks like Bud Dupree could be coming back sooner rather than later. Artie Burns is a guy that I know has been up and down, but he's somebody that I think could continue to improve. What do you think about the defense? Yeah, I, I guess if you, and it's tough to say, giving up 35 uh, uh, points last week, and, uh, and and sort of, you know, the uh, as Cam Hayward said, it's embarrassing. You're asking me whether we scored, they scored on let them score on purpose or not, because you know you could, you know, watching both those last two runs, the naked eye, uh, you, you could come to that conclusion unless you watch them again on, on replay and start to kind of see the pursuit. Um, but but I think the arrow is pointing up on defense because of what you said. That in some ways, that they're transitioning now to these to uh, you know younger, higher ceiling guys. And we've seen the last couple of weeks with both Sean Davis and Artie Burns siphoning away um, you, you know the playing time, the snaps, the reps at, at, at strong safety and, and, and an outside corner from from William Gay and Robert Golden. So that they're obvious that they made an effort and they're showing that they're. They're going to transition, and, and one would just think that the, the talent and the high pedigree that those guys have, that they'll get better um, as, as time goes on. And you're right, the, the pass rush has been better these last two weeks. Um, you, you like what you saw against Baltimore for sure. Um, of course, the, the tackling uh, against uh, – but, hey, people are saying Ezekiel Elliott, like you talked about the offensive line, maybe one of the best people have seen in a while. I, I, you know, I was really impressed seeing – Watching them for a full game, I'm not sure if I'd watched the whole Dallas game on TV or not yet this season. But wow, um, Ezekiel looks like he's the real deal. And so, you know, you don't want to get too against the NFL's leading rusher and having a bad tackling day. But they're still, you know, being better than where they were whenever they were, you know, especially passing wise, ranked for the bottom of the league. Is it better than being worse than they were? But I, I don't still don't know if it's good enough to salvage uh, uh, the offense playing like it has on the road these last few weeks. Last couple of things for Chris Adamski of the Tribune Review. Chris, did you have a problem with Antonio Brown running out of bounds at the end of the game? Look, it certainly looked bad. And, you know, what's going through his head, I don't know what exactly he's seeing at that moment. I don't know. You know, let's face it. Nobody's sitting here saying that they were going to score a touchdown or if he had acted differently, that he had an option to lateral the ball or stop or something. 
Um, but, you know, Mike Tomlin has been, for all the things Antonio Brown has, has done, whether it be the, you know, the, the celebrations or, or whatever and all the off the field, I'm not myself criticizing any of this per se. You know, maybe case by case we can go through, but I'm not going to do that right now. But uh, Mike Tomlin has always been sort of uh, reluctant to criticize Antonio Brown because of the uber-talented player he is, of course, and good player he is, great player, elite player he is, and also because of his work ethic. That sort of overshadows a lot of the other things. When he's doing those things, it's tough for, for somebody to criticize him. Now, uh, my point of view is it's like, you know, it's like grieving or death. Where, you know, people show it differently. You know, and I think competitive athletes, professional athletes can show – uh, disgust and losing differently. They might not show it as outwardly as somebody else might. So, uh, you know, I don't want to say that I don't want to accuse him of that either necessarily off face value. But, you know, hey, like I said, Mike Tomlin said he he spoke to Antonio Brown, so he, he acknowledged that he didn't like it himself. So, I, you know, you like to see something there. Just to sort of – and he got pushed. And I, I tried to watch the video again. and But, you know, you're, you're not like put somebody in a slow motion, you know, close shot of it or whatever, but – it wasn't a good look. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I don't know what else could have been done. I think maybe a, a different play called. But, look, the percentages uh, of winning the game at that point are incredibly low. Last thing here for you, Chris. Uh, this is something I did have more of a problem with, and that's James Harrison not being on the field to try to rush the passer on that final drive. Yeah, you know, it, it just, I don't know if I really had a problem with it. I, 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 it was it is notable and it is I don't know curious. I, I don't know how much you know better. It's it's it, it's it's sort of telling. And you know we've got Bud Dupree coming back here maybe this week if not next week then for sure at this outside linebacker spot. And you know I think you know talk about faint praise. Chicklow's been probably their their best pass rusher here the past uh, a month or so and probably during this losing streak without going back to see exactly when you know, the time frame starts or whatever for that. Um, I, I don't want to say it's the opposite. You can't go wrong. You can't really go right. No matter who you put out there right now in terms of getting the quarterback, especially against the, the Dallas offensive line. Um, but, you know, wh- why do you have the 38-year-old uh, former uh, defensive MVP on your roster if it's not to uh, rush the passer at the end of the game, I guess, is, is, is where it kind of falls down to. That's my thought process. Uh, you, you should you should win the game whenever you score a touchdown with 42 seconds left, and I think James Harrison would have helped. Uh, but, hey, who knows? He had been being blocked as well. Uh, Chris, really appreciate the insight as always, buddy. Uh, thanks so much for the time, and we'll do it again here soon. Anytime, Adam. Good, good talking to you. All right, there he goes. That's Chris Adamski of the Tribune Review. Really appreciate him taking the time as always. That's going to wrap things up for the Locked On Steelers podcast. Tomorrow, Matt Williamson of Locked On NFL breaks down Steelers and Browns. He worked in the Browns organization, so that'll be a fun conversation. Do not miss that. Check out Matt on the Locked On NFL podcast. Make sure you check out Locked On Fantasy as well with Vinny Iyer. I'm back at it tomorrow. It's the Locked On Steelers podcast. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.